Hi guys and girls, and thanks for joining us again today on another Team LRF podcast. Today I'm joined by Olympian, 2022 Olympian, Samson Dowder. Samson, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. Samson, how does it doing? feel to hear that Olympian? How does it feel to be? Man, it feels unique, man. You know, something something for so long we've tried and, you know, try to really have... Wait, come on. <laughs> something for so long, you know, we've been working towards and now to finally achieve it, you know, it's it's... It's a dream come true, man. Definitely. Amazing. Yeah, amazing. Amazing. I've seen your journey from even from the day of the Hercules shows and seeing yeah. that. It's incredible, man. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, man. Yeah, man. It's definitely it's definitely been a long road. Obviously, they've been ups, they've been down, but you know, we sort of hanged in there, went through year after year. Mm. And you know, last year it finally came together for us and everything. It just kind of clicked, and you know, we couldn't wish for it better. And you know, as much as it felt like it took a long road, you know, for me, I felt like it happened at the right time. You know, talking about most mature for it, more mentally ready for it. So, you know, it's, it's remarkable, man. And I'm really, really grateful that I'm able to do this. Yeah, incredible. Yeah, incredible. And I, I want to kick us off, Samson, with quite, quite a deep question. And yeah. one of the things that I've heard you say before is uh, the two greatest moments in a man's life, the day you are born and the day you realise you are born or why you are born, sorry. Yeah. Um, do, do you feel like you found why you were born in terms of bodybuilding or do you think yeah because i mean the thing is you know like growing up and everything else like i was growing up and you know i come from origin from nigeria and you know from there your parents basically tells you what you're going to do they tell you where you're going to be when you grow up you know they decide the path you're going to follow and everything else regardless of if you choose it or not and you know for a long time you know i didn't really know what i really wanted to do when i when i was you know when i was growing up so i got through my 20s and obviously i got into construction and everything else and outside doing that but it didn't really feel like something, it didn't feel like me. It didn't feel like something I really had my heart set into doing. So and then when obviously, you know, I just by chance, you know, got introduced to bodybuilding, you know, it just felt like finally I found something that I really wanted to do the rest of my life. Something I felt gladly give my life to, you know, and it completely changed everything for me, man. It finally gave me a purpose to really put my full heart into something. So for me, I felt like, you know what, that's just it, man. It's the day you were born and the day you decide, you actually realise, yeah, this is what I was born to do. So that was just it, you know, definitely. Before you got introduced to bodybuilding, did you train? Did you train at all? Yeah, I mean, because I was playing rugby at the time. So, you know, I did like just normal gym training, never really like focusing that way, more like strength and explosive stuff because I was playing rugby at the time. So, you know, I started training in 2009, like just going to the gym and just try to like be strong and everything else. And then it was 2014, you know, when, you know, when rugby, you know, I was in rugby club and they were telling me, you know what, you, you actually building a physique on you. Do you ever think about like doing competitive stuff and bodybuilding and stuff? And for me, I didn't know anything about it. I didn't have a clue about it. And I just felt like, you know what, nah, it wasn't, it wasn't for me, you know? And, you know, a few times people sort of passed that statement on, you know, you've been in locker rooms and guys would say something like, man, mate, fucking hell, you got physique. You know, you ever thought about doing bodybuilding and everything else? And, you know, the statement started becoming more regular. Then eventually I met my missus in the gym and she was, she, she said it to me that, you know, it's something that you, I think you should look into, you know, you might actually enjoy it. So eventually I was like, ah, go ahead then. So we decided to do the Hercules shows in 2014. Mm. And that was basically where it was like, okay, hell, I'll give it a go. If I like it, great. If I don't, you know, at least I tried and that's the end of it. So that was the first moment where I actually said, okay, 
I'm gonna stop training just for you know strength and everything. I actually start training like a bodybuilder and actually like really take it full on, not just three days a week or anything like that, but actually truly commit to it. And you know, and it, things just clicked. Really, we did it. You know, I love the work ethic of it. I love the discipline. I love the drive of it. You know, the idea of you know, if you're in a team sport, you could play your best game. You can give your heart out and everything else. But if the team loses, that's it. <laughs> no big deal about your lose. But in bodybuilding, it was a case where it's you and your effort and your time. If you give your heart out to it, the results will pay for itself from that. So for me, it was like, yeah, this is this is what I want to do. This is sport for me. So you just kind of like just click like that. Awesome, man. Mm-hmm. And and moving from, from the Hercules show, um, mm-hmm. I know you did a PCA show as well. And then you went into the UK BFF. Um, and at the time, the UK BFF was, was very one pro card only. You know, the, yeah. the, the likes of Nathan... Uh, and uh, James Llewellyn and Flex Lewis were, were yeah. the only people really to get the card. Um, and, and, you know, as I said, I watched your journey. I see you go to the British finals a few times. When you were knocking on the door, did you ever feel like, man, like this just, this just ain't going to happen? No, nah, honestly, honestly, for me, like coming in, like obviously where I did a few shows at the Federation and I was kept on getting the same comments saying, man, dude, you actually have a future in this. You have a future in this. Really, if you commit to it, you have a future in it. And I was enjoying the journey of it, you know, and then, you know, when we decided that, look, it's, you know, I remember it was even at the end of 2014, I actually said, okay, you know, what does it actually mean to be a professional bodybuilder? What does it actually take? What do you actually have to do? You know, and then obviously we kind of looked at the federation, how it worked and how the whole formula worked. And then 2015, we decided, okay, we were going to go after the British finals and stuff like that. I don't think there was no point where I didn't think that, okay, eventually you're going to get it. I thought, okay, yeah, I'm late to the game. But I always thought, you know what, if I I know how hard I try, I know how much I push, and I know how driven I was to it. And I just thought, you know what, I know it might not be now, it might not be later, it might be, but soon enough, I will get it. You know, so it was just that mentality I always had. Like, I just thought, you know what, I know that how hard it was, especially getting just one pro card a year in the whole UK. You know, it was a stretch and it was a real tall order. But, you know, you feel like, okay, one one year my time will come. So you just keep knocking in and keep going, doing it, you know? Yeah, yeah. And... And fast forward, you get that pro card, and then a couple of years down the line, they run the big show in the UK. Big build up for that show, man. It was one of the first. It was yeah. the first pro bodybuilding show for a good six or seven years. Oh yeah, you know, there, there's a big lineup of UK guys. You got Zach Khan coming back. You got James. You got yourself. Yeah. You got Nathan. You know, obviously, we we know that second came at that show. Running into that show, how did that feel to be a pro on UK soil to compete? Man, honestly, it felt great because, you know, we've already done, like, the British and everything else, and now you're doing your pro, because I was first pro for that year as well. And there's nothing like home soil support, man. There's literally nothing like it, you know. And, you know, you compete everywhere else, but being on that stage and having the home crowd support, it hypes you out so much. It gives you so much energy and so much strength on that stage that you think, wow, this is, I understand what they mean. This is serious. So it really feels amazing, man. Competing, even the same thing when we did Arnold last year, yeah. it feels amazing competing at home, seriously, because the crowd really gets behind you. The atmosphere is so electric and so gratifying that, you know, you feel like, yeah, you really want to perform, especially when you're at home. You know you really want to perform because not only is it easier for you to travel to get the show, you're basically in your home ground for everything of it. But it's your home crowd, you know, families, friends, everybody you know can literally just show up. It's not, you know, so you have that freedom to really go know that you're going in front of people that know you, that have been through your journey, have seen everything else. So you feel like, you know, you're really doing this with their support and you're doing it for them. Mm. Yeah, incredible, man. And then you, you touched on Arnold's there and again, another massive UK show. To be honest, 
you know, I've been around the world and seen pro shows. I still think that Arnold, apart from the Olympia, is probably the biggest like, yeah. crowd I've ever seen. Yeah. Apart from the Olympia, it's the biggest crowd I've ever seen, man. And, uh, you know, there, there, there was some shit talk going on into that show between sort of <laughs> other bodybuilders. Yeah. Um, not, not, not so much Nathan. Every, like, everyone knows oh. Nathan is quite jokey. Like, some of the, you know, with all due respect, some of the guys who haven't earned their dues in the pro league just yet. Yeah. Um, you know, how, how did you deal with that? How did you deal with knowing that, you know, Nathan beat you in the other UK show? How did you deal with that? I mean, the thing is, you know, it's bodybuilding, man. It's, it's, it's competitive. I mean, if, you, if you're not competitive, then you're in the wrong sport. I'm sorry, but you are. If you're thinking this is a sport where you just want to, you know, I'm just want to glad to be here and glad to be on stage. And I'm sorry, but you're in the wrong sport. This is a sport where your mindset is competitive. You don't do something 24 hours, seven days a week, on day in and day out, and day in and day out, and it's literally the overwhelming part of your life and not be hungry for success and not be hungry for the win. So if you're doing all that, putting your body through so much, only to feel like you want to stand on stage and just say, you know what, I'm glad to be here. I don't mind if I come second. I don't mind if I come third. Then you know what, you're not ready for this. So when them guys, you know, guys lash out and they act up and they, you know, they really flare out about things, people say, oh, he's being a melodramatic. Oh, he's taking it to person. Well, think about it. If you get dedicated that much of your energy and your time every single day to something, wouldn't, and then you get comments or you get things and you get people say that, wouldn't you take it personally? Because you're literally dedicating who you are as you're being into it. So I always feel like, you know, when other athletes and everything, they do the trash talk and stuff like that, I feel like, you know what, it's part of the sport. Competitiveness is what it is. You know, we know there's a big difference between competitive comments and trash talk, which is personal, you know. And, you know, you can competitive talk all day long. That's, you know, that's just the game. That's what you expect. When it becomes personal now, now he's like, look, there's no need for that. So it's just knowing where the line is and where to draw the line and say, okay, right, trash talk is one thing. You laugh it off, whatever, man. We'll see on stage. That's the bottom of it. And then when you obviously then go personal, it's like, dude, seriously, man, you don't need to, there's no need for that. So when you get those kind of comments, it doesn't, you shouldn't take it personally, you know, especially when what athletes, you don't take it personally. You know, well, they competitive. They want to win just the same way you do. They're giving just their heart just the same way you do, you know, so you take it on a chin or you no, you say, okay, you don't worry. I'll show you on stage. We'll see. And that's it, you know. Yeah, for sure. And and at the Arnold, there was a clear one-two. Clear you and, you and Nathan, you and Nathan, you and Nathan, going back and forth. Loads of rounds opposing. Oh, yeah. You know, you, you were winning after pre-judging. Uh, yeah. And it did flip around on the night show. Mm-hmm. Did, did you think you had it? Honestly, going to the show, because I remember that prep, because obviously I've battled Nathan in 2019. And then when obviously the Arnold announcement we were training to go into the Arnold, my hope that whole mindset was okay. I know where the battle is going to be. Mm. So I'm training to win. I'm training to be him. You know, all the respect to all the other guys. I know the other guys involved, but I know I always put my sights in who's the top guy in that lineup. Okay. If you aim to beat the top guy in the lineup, even if you fall short, you only fall behind him. You know, so that's always been every show I've ever done. This is my mindset. You know, I, I can't help it. Even, my, you know, sometimes I'm a missus, you know, even like we're doing the Arnold now. I'm a missus say like, you know, I'll say months out, but I know nah, I just, I'm just my first time. I'm just glad to be there. I'm just glad to be involved. I'm, I'm just happy. It's my first time. Let me just enjoy the experience. And she was like, yeah, you say that now. Wait until you get into prep. And then four weeks into it, and I'm like, no, nah, I want to win. Who, who am I gonna, you know, and it's the mentality that comes in. So you always, you seem to target and focus on the best person there and go, okay, right. What do I have to do to beat them? What do I have to bring up? What do I have to, you know, how hard do I have to get to beat them? Because I always feel like even if you don't, but you're able to push 
to your absolute limit to get as close to them as possible. You get more higher placing, aiming for the top, and even if you miss it. So that's always been my kind of mindset to it. So you know, going to the Arnold in the UK, Arnold was basically you're going after Nathan. You want to beat him. You want to win. You know, you've come close to him before, and you know full well that you do have the package to beat him. So it was just that, and that was the mentality going into that show. You know, it was okay. Let's 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 go in hungry. Let's go in hungry. Let's don't take no trash. Don't take nothing. Stand toe to toe and battle it out to the last man drops off. You know, so yeah. No, cool. That's awesome, man. That, that that that's so refreshing because there are people like nowadays who, like you say, who are a bit like you know, I'm just happy to participate and happy yeah. to be around. And, you know, it's it's a soft like 21st century mindset where yeah. it's great for someone to come out and say, well, you know what, I'm going to fucking win, and that's what I'm. No, doing. because I mean, think about it. We we as pros, like you sacrifice a lot to do this. You sacrifice time with your family, times with your friends, times in so much in your body and everything to do this. You can't sacrifice that much into something and not want to be successful in it. It makes no logical sense. So you could lie to yourself, oh, I just want to, I just want to participate in everything to sound, you know, nice to and everybody to hear, oh yeah, okay, good job. But deep down, you know for that if you didn't place as high as you're hoping to, you're gonna be hurt just the same. So it doesn't matter if you say I want to win and then you come fourth or fifth. It will hurt you just the same way if you said I want to be fifth and you come sixth. You yeah. know, so the pain is always going to be there. So you might as well be real with yourself and just say, look, this is what I'm aiming for. I would like to get it. I would do everything I can to get it. But if I fall short, it's out of my hands. I've done everything I can to possibly get for that spot, you know. Yeah. And and you mentioned going into the Arnolds there. Uh, you know, Nathan's a top eight Olympian. And, oh, yeah. and you, beat him in the, you beat him in the pre-judging. Um, you've got guys in that Arnolds, like Brandon Curry, yeah. who are Mr. Olympians. But yeah. You, and, but also... You know, apart from Brandon and, and William Bonnet, yeah. you've then got very, very open spaces. Oh, yeah. Where do you see yourself stacking up in that lineup? Honestly, the way you just said it is exactly where my mentality is going to show. You got Brandon, you got William, and I want to make sure that the next name you hear will be my name right there up there with those two guys battling out with them. You know, that's what I'm training for. That's what I'm working for. That's what I'm hoping for. You know, if I've done enough or not, we're going to find out on the day. You know, because I've never stood next to these guys. Half the guys in that lineup, I've never stood next to them before. So this will be the first time of us standing towards the and say, okay, what's the gap? What's the difference? What do I need to make up? You know, so it'll be a nice, good taster for the Olympia later in the year, because then I have eight months to really improve on that. But for me, this is the point where I'm like, okay, you have to aim for that top, you know, first call out right there in front of center, battling out with the top guys in that lineup and really pushing, you know, seeing how you actually stack up. Because I mean, this is what you know you want to do. This is what you want to do for the rest of your life. This is what you want to commit to. So, hell, that is exactly what I'm hoping for going this this Arnold. Hundred percent, man. And I think, although obviously William Bonac is a lot shorter than yourself, I think you know, physique-wise, you've got some really good similarities. You're very symmetrical. Yeah. You've got very big arms, both of you. Yeah. Nice round chest. I think in terms of a similarity. That's a comparable person, yeah. for sure. And this is what makes it, I mean, honestly, it makes it really exciting because you obviously look at Brandon, he's big, he's round, he's full. You look at William, he's big, he's round, he's full. You know, and I carry that same sort of aspect and shape and size. So for me, it's so exciting for me to see what will happen when I stand next to him. I'm really more excited about doing it than most people would even imagine. Just, just so I can stand back and look at it and go, ah, okay, I didn't know it was like that. So I'm really excited to see how that, so they shuffle us around to see how that actually looks. Because, I mean, come on, man, we've watched these guys for years. Mm. You know, we've been back there watching them, looking at them, watching show after show and everything else. I mean, now you then say, okay, here's your chance. Go stand next to them. Let's see how you stack up. 
Who wouldn't jump at the opportunity to do that? Who wouldn't kill themselves, like literally kill themselves at the gym to do that? So now that we have the opportunity to do that, man, it's nothing but excitement about it. I mean, I literally, I wake up in the middle of the night, like just thinking about it, like, man, I can't wait, you know? And it's that exciting for me, you know? And if you don't, I know that some people, they don't get that mentality. They don't understand that. But for me, it's the challenge of knowing that, look, this is where you are. That's your opponent. This is what you could be. Now go at it, you know, go at it, give everything. And for me, it's exciting as hell. And I really can't wait, you know, really. Yeah, yeah no, I think either people do one of two things. They either get excited by it or they get scared by it. Yeah. And then they, they get scared of it and then they don't fulfill their full potential. If they get excited by it, they're chasing it every day. Yeah. I mean, think about it because I always seem like this. Look, I'm still the underdog coming up. No matter what happens, I have a lot less pressure on me because, you know, if you fall short, people are like, well, come on, man. You haven't been doing this long enough. Them guys are top guys. So it doesn't, you have no pressure on that side. But then you have a lot more to gain if you actually do stand next to them and go, actually, yo, you stack up quite well. So when you look at it, uh, the pressure of, oh my God, oh my God, I got to perform. I, gotta, I don't know why I'm going to stand next to these guys. Take that out of you. Look at it. Look at the positive side. Look at what you learn because this is something I even learned. Funny enough, I learned this from Nathan, battling him over and over again, or last year and everything else. I, I learned how to really battle an opponent on stage because of Nathan. Yeah. You know, you know, Nathan is aggressive on stage. He's aggressive next to you. And I've learned because I knew, okay, he's aggressive. And I watch him and I watch compete against time and time. And I know how aggressive he is. So guess what? Now you have to learn to be aggressive on stage. You have to learn to not take shit. And you have to learn to right, really stand your ground in there. And when you have to do that with someone like over and over and over again, when you go up to other people now, you're like, man, you have no idea what I've been through. So this yeah. is, let's, let's get it going. So you take what you learn from these experiences, be it whether you fall short, you win, you lose, take what you can learn from them, then master and moving on to the next one. And this is all this is for me, you know, regardless of what happens in the Arnold, I know I'm going to get a lot of experience from this mm. and I'm going to learn a lot. I'm going to take that to the Olympia in eight months after that. For sure, for sure. And that, that aggressive nature is actually, for, for those people who have never been out to the shows in the States, you'll know, Samson, because you've done those shows. It, it's so much more natural out there to have that aggressive nature of, I'm yeah. going to win. In the UK, we, we, we go, you know, you know, you, you go to these amateur shows and people don't want to say boo to a goose in the crowd. No. Out there, they, they, they shout out your shit. You know, oh, your shit. yeah. Oh, yeah. They give, they, they let their opinions known to, to yeah. you on stage. And believe me, you have to carry that strong mindset going on that stage because... I've seen guys literally crumble, you know. They go out once, they, they step out and they come back in. They come out and stay and they're shaking and they can't hit ball and they're literally falling apart. You see them crumble. So you do have to have that mindset, you know. You really do need to have that mindset and be confident in what you are and what you're bringing before you stand out there. Especially if you're going to stand out there with someone that can't show you for your flaws. Mm. You really need to have the confidence to say, no, 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 no. i got strengths too and I'm going to show you my strengths. So that is something that, you know, you you as much as you see as amateurs, is at the pro ranks you really get to understand because everybody's sharks, everybody's trying to eat, everybody's trying to win. So that's the point where you really got to learn that very quickly that just playing the happy, go lucky, I'm just happy to be their guy on stage, you only get you so far. The rest of it, you have to actually fight for the places you want. 100%, man, 100%. And if if we rewind back to the back to this year's Arnold, Samson, yeah. obviously you were coached by John uh, Meadows who oh, yeah, yeah. passed away, very, very sad passing, very, very sudden, mm -hmm. you know, that was when you was what five weeks out, six weeks out. Yeah, we were six weeks out at a time. Yeah, and you know, and how, how yeah. do you deal with that, Samson? How, how do you deal with that physically, emotionally, mentally? Man, honestly, I didn't really deal with it too well at the start, you know, because you know, I come into the, I mean, coming out of twenty twenty, yeah, I wasn't happy with the year, where the year went. Really wasn't happy. Really wasn't impressed, you know. 
thought I was I should have done better, should have been better. You know, obviously you could you could say, okay, it was love constellations with shows and travel and all that, but at the end of the day, I don't I still hold myself to stand and say, you know what, bring your best at all the time. And I felt like it didn't really go my way 2020. So towards the end of that, I started questioning, you know what, do I really still want to keep doing this? At this level, because people don't understand that when you do them shows and you're traveling for them shows out of, out of your own pocket at a time, it takes a toll. And you people don't know that it comes out, you you know, traveling in every hotel, it comes out of your own pocket. So it takes a toll. So when you, you, you know, your missus working overtime, you're working overtime to afford to go to these shows and you're not coming out with the results you want. There's only so much you can look at them and say, oh, let's do one more. Oh, let's go. So at that point, you're looking going, man, you know, I don't know if it wasn't for me, we're doing bodybuilding right now. We could be spending this money on something more for us, something we want to enjoy doing. But instead, we're basically, you know, investing on me and it's not bearing fruit. So at the end of 2020, it was really a tough call. I was at that point where I was thinking, man, I don't know if I can do one more year of this. I, I'm not sure about it. So I spoke to my sponsor at the time, Ford and everything else. And he said, look to me, like, you know what? Your mind, you'd work hard enough. Your mind is the right place. You just need somebody to really help you out, you know. So, I, you know, he recommended John to me. He introduced me to John. And, I, you know, I spoke to John and John had looked at me and merely saw me. He was shocked. He was like, man, you know what? We have so many tools to play with and so little time. He was like, look, give me one year and I guarantee you now you're going to shock the world in bodybuilding. You're really going to do it. And I was like, well, you know, yes, I heard that, but I don't know. But, you know, I thought, you know what, hell, why not go on then? So it was like early February and we started working through and had this long off season. And every week you talk to me and, you know, John will always tell me, oh man, you're doing great. How good you're improving and everything else. And he feels so, he had so much confidence and so much belief in what I could do that slowly he started picking me out of that dark spell. It started making me feel like, actually, maybe there is something, maybe there is something, maybe, you know, he starts, that doubt starts to disappear and that thing starts to come through. So when we finally decide what show we're going to do and everything else started to prep, immediately we go on it and everything was just clicking and working well. And I'm like, I'm sitting there going, you know what? I feel great. This is the best I've felt in the best time, the best I've looked. You know, I'm feeling, I'm feeling this. Yeah, I'm excited. Let's do this. And then we get up to about six weeks out. And I remember checking in with him the weekend before. Like, I mean, actually, I remember checking on that specific weekend on the Friday. And, you know, he chatted, he was like, man, Sam, man, you're gonna shock the world, man. We're gonna kill people down. They're gonna be gonna be shocked when they see you, you know, everything else. And we kind of had our conversation, and that was it. And then the Sunday, you know, I see because I know someone, I got a message from somebody said, Oh man, my condolences. And I'm like, what are you talking about? You know, what what's going on? So I'm kind of wondering, and I opened Instagram and I saw the news, and it was like a jaw-dropping bullshit moment to me. I was like, nah, this, this isn't. Nah, nah, I don't, I don't think so. I don't, nah, you know. And you're calling around trying to find out, you know, what's happening, and and then you find out that actually, you know, the penny just dropped. This is not, this is real, and you just can't seem to fathom how, literally, a few hours ago, you were talking to someone, and now that's it. That's the last conversation. That's the last word you ever gonna say to them, and it cracks you. It literally cracks you. It cracks your beliefs, it cracks your mindset, it cracks everything about you and it makes you fall apart. And you know, at that point, you know, I was like, that's it, I'm done. I ain't doing this, I'm done. You know, and I, I remember telling myself, I, like, I can't. And she goes, you know, I don't blame you if you can't, it's all right. I'm like, I can't do this. I'm, I'm packed up with this, I'm done. So we had like a few days and, you know, I got a lot of messages from a lot of people saying, you know what, Sam, John has said so much about you 
and he's been so excited to see what you're going to bring. And he stood behind you this whole time. And he really was excited about you this year. Finish what you guys started, you know, finish with him. You know, he, he knows, he believes in you. Just finish with him. So obviously you get a soul momentum like that and I'm stopping and I'm taking the air and I'm breathing in and thinking about it. And I was like, okay, you know what? They're right. I'm like, okay, well, if I'm going to do this, I need somebody, I really do need some help and I need somebody that actually knows enough about John and what his methods are to actually help me out with it. And I remember John always talked to me that, oh, he spoke to me about Milos and, you know, Milos is a good friend of his and, you know, and he's used some of his protocols and stuff. So I was like, okay, you know what? I'll message Milos and just see if he's if he has any interest in like helping me out and everything. So I remember messaging Milos and immediately he got back to me and said, you know what? Let's do this, man. Let's do it for John. Mm-hmm. And right there, we just started working together. We just, you know, we just hit it off basically. And you know, it was like, okay, all game time now. Come on, we're gonna we're gonna do this one. We're gonna go all the way with it. Yeah, incredible, man. Yeah, incredible. Milos, I worked with Milos back in 2015. Very, very educated guy. No, oh man, yeah, to, to the T. You know what I mean? To the T. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He really is. He really is. And he's so enthusiastic and so excited. And he really fires you up and he really gets behind you. And I'm like, wow, you know what? He's really great. And, you know, he was on me constantly. And, you know, first he goes, oh, we're going to start off nice and slow and then we're going to step things up. And when he said we're going to step things up, he really meant we were going to step things up, you know. And, you know, and the results we were getting and what I learned from him in that short time was such a dramatic effect of change. That was like, man, I've never tried that before. I've never done it. Oh, really? I've never tried it. And we see the results happening by the day. Mm. And he's looking at me going, you know what, man? We, you're going to go far. You know, I, we, your body just seems to work perfectly with his protocols. It feels work perfectly with what his, his training style and everything else is. He's like, okay, you know what? Let's make this happen. And, you know, we got the results when we came out this year, you know, I mean, last year. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. And you, know, you, you have worked with some awesome coaches, man, some really, really good coaches. Yeah. I know you worked with Aceto back in 2017. With, you know, no, I never, I never worked with Aceto. I've never worked with, uh, no, with, um, I know I think it took me two, three shows, um, Abdullah, Abdullah, in 2019. Sorry. We went yeah. to three shows um, back-to-back in 2019, but that's the only coach I've ever worked with. Uh, was, was these that, two guys. The Prague, the Prague trainings, when you... No, Prague Show was all us. 2018 oh, really? was I all us, yes. I always, I always thought you was with Aceto that year. I don't oh, know no, no, never worked. The only coaches I've ever worked with is Abdullah, John, and Milos. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah, well, learn something new every day. Yeah, that's it, that's it, you know. And the early, the early Samson, like, like you said, you know, people say, like, you know, loads of potential, loads of potential. Mm-hmm. And one thing I always heard was, you know, Samson doesn't get sharp. Samson doesn't get lean. Yeah. Like, and, and I know, I've seen you train, mm-hmm. I've, I've watched your work ethic. I know it's not through want of trying. Mm. How, when, when do you hear that over and over and over as an athlete? How, how does that one make you feel and how do you respond to that? It ticks you off a lot. I mean, people don't understand, like, we are our worst critic, you know. And, you know, you look, you stand on stage and everything, and people say, oh, he needs more this, he needs more that, he needs more this, he needs to do this. And they don't understand that the time they say, you've been saying that to yourself for the past how many years? You've been picking yourself apart every single day, consistently, you know, because this is the sport. We, we pick ourselves apart. We look at it and go, okay, I need to bring up my arms, I need to bring up my back, I need to bring up my... So you're picking yourself, I need to get sharper, I need to get sharper. So when you're coming into that level, it's not a case of one of trying, oh, I'm just going to, yeah, I look good enough, I'm going to go on stage like this. I'm, I think I'm sharp enough. There's a lot of it that goes into effect. Now, I think it was um 2018. We came in sharp in 2018, but we were light as hell. You know, nowhere near big enough, nowhere near full enough, nowhere near, But, you know, great look. 
but what you still get shafted to the back of the line because you just didn't have the mass follow it. 2020, we did, um, I think it was a European Pro 2020. I remember that day I dried out so much. I was so peeled and everything else. But judges said to me, man, condition was on point, but you needed to look like you needed another pizza or something because you needed to fill out. So you're like, okay. And then you go the other way around where you fill out as much as you can. And you're like, oh, you need to dry out some more. And you go, so you're trying constantly, you're f- learning your body to find the right mix. And people don't understand. It's like, it's like dangling on the high wire, man. Too much of something and you're up. Too little of it, you're not good enough. You're literally trying to find that sweet middle. And it's such a hard thing to do when you haven't figured out your body yet, mm. you know? So, you know, so when people say and all that, you think, yeah, I know it sounds easy to say, but honestly, if you knew how much this person is trying to get there, it's not, he's not, he doesn't lack knowledge. He doesn't think that he doesn't know. He knows, but he's trying his hard again. He just hasn't figured it out yet. So, you know, it was last year we saw, I mean, obviously Milos, help of Milos as well. We saw figured out, okay, how much my body can take, how much can I can really suck it down to. And I think we also with time and maturity, muscle maturity coming in, now I can really afford to go very low on carbs and still hold on to muscle mass, you know, go very low on food. And it takes a lot less to fill me out now than he ever did, you know. So we then saw, okay, now we're learning things. And this is one reason we did so many shows last year because we wanted to learn, okay, how much can your body take before you actually shuts down? How much can your body take before you actually look, oh man, you can't do this anymore. So even though when we qualified in Prague, we still did one more show just to make sure that, okay, we really got this formula down. And, you know, and we went from show to show. Each show, we got harder with each show. But it was a big lesson for us learning, okay, this is where you are. This is what we can push you to. This is what we can pull. This is how much water we can pull from you. This is how much, you know, different looks. We, your dry look is cool, but sometimes you're not as full and as round and not as impressive. But then, you know, your full look is good. But if you get too much of it, you end up looking watery and not sharp. So it's trying to find, okay, what's the amount of food you need? What's the amount of water you can take out to get that sweet spot in the middle? And this is where the whole learning process comes in. And once you get it and you get it right time after time after time, that's it. The knowledge is there now. You know exactly what it is. And, you know, you go forward with that. Yeah, no, for sure. And last year, you've done a lot of shows over in Europe, done the Egypt show as well, done a lot yep. of those shows back to back to back. What Was there a look that really stands out for you and you think that was my best look? Um... This is the thing, I say, our look was all different. Like, if I could ask every single person, and every person would pick a different look. And same thing with me, same thing with my missus, same thing with even, with even Milos, he picks a different look. So my missus, she says my hardest look was when we did Italy, after the Arnold. The Arnold was our, I'll say it was our more fresher look, because we came in first show of the year, the muscles, everything just responded as soon as he threw in the food. It just, you know, the round, the fullness of it was a fresher look. Italy, well, I would say, was our hardest look because we were vascular, we were hard, we were dry, and it was like, whoa, nice one. Egypt, we were hard and dry, and Egypt we were just a little bit not as full because we wanted to see, okay, how much could we pull that conditioning in? But we weren't just as full, and there was just no pop to the look. Then when we came around to Prague, it was a case of, okay, fill out as much as you can. Let's see how far you can actually take. And, you know, so with all them look, I would say my personal look was Prague. Right? I know that full well, my missus was like, no, nah, no, nah, that, that look was a bit too much. You know, Italy was better. Milos would say, oh, no, no, you know, he liked this. So we all had different style. But then what we did learn with every look, we knew what it took to achieve each one of those look. We knew which, okay, how much carbs we needed to have, how much, when we needed to cut our water, how much water, you know, we knew, we knew, we took a lot of notes on how to get, achieve each one of those looks. You know, and one thing, good thing about it is our body just responded to everything we did at the time where, you know, sometimes you could eat a lot of meals and nothing happens. You're like, well, well you stop drinking, your body still retains water. So this was, it was definitely a really experienced time for us last year. How much 
then Samson, do you think the head judge has an effect on everything? Because obviously Steve being the head judge in Prague, also going to be the head judge at the Olympia, yes. also going to be the head judge at the Arnold. Oh yeah. How much of an effect do you think that has? A massive one, a really big one, you know. And, you know, if the head judge likes your look, it brings you confidence when you go into the show. Now, when we did the, I remember when I first did my pro debut was in Prague 2018. Steve was head judging then. He was my very first, you know, first show. He head judged me then. I remember coming off and I spoke to Steve and he was like, very good shape, beautiful lines, get bigger. Don't lose your lines, don't lose your waist and you'll be great. And I remember giving me that advice then. I was like, okay. <laughs> so then he hasn't judged me all this time since. And then when we came to the Arnold and he came out and I spoke to him after the show and he said to me, man, I remember seeing you back in 2018 and I told you, get bigger on those lines. You really did that. You know, and he goes, look, honestly, the reason why we got to the end part we did was basically we couldn't decide between you and Nathan. So we basically worked both of you to the ground as so one of you faded. And he goes, unfortunately, it was you. And that's how we picked our winner. And I was like, well, fair enough, man. I don't mind that. that, that accepts, I accept that fully, you know. And then when we had a few more shows and we got harder each one, and then we came to Prague. And, you know, we're coming to Prague show and I knew we had a really tough lineup in Prague. And then I was thinking to my head, man, I don't, I don't, I just want to play top three. Uh, that would be good enough because it was a serious lineup. Yeah. You know, I don't, I didn't know if I could even bring him in. And Miller was like, you know what? I think you could win this lineup. And I'm thinking, man, you had Roly, you had Nathan, you had Regan, you have Raphael, you know, you had a really heavy hitting lineup. I'm thinking, dude, I've lost to Nathan already twice. I've lost to Regan once. You know, you got Raphael, now you got Roly. I'm like, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. But, you know, Milos was adamant that he was like, this is your time, believe me. And he said to me, I know when he said to me, remember, Steve is judging this show. And you know Steve likes your look. And if you've got better since the Arnold when he last time saw you, he will reward you for it. And you know you have got, you've got better since then. So, you know, be proud of that. Get ready to go show him that, you know. So when we came into that Prague and we did the pre-judging and the pre-judging was going ahead, I was looking at it and I'm thinking, man, is this really it? They put him in the middle, they move him around. I'm thinking, ooh, okay. I'm, because at that point I was thinking, I'm neither, neither first or I'm fourth. At this point, I don't know, but I'm somewhere in there, you know. But it does, the, having a judge that, you know, you that really, even when they don't place you where you want to place, they can tell you, this is why. Mm. And you stand by and go, I completely understand. It's such a breath of fresh air. It's so good to hear. And, you know, and you really stand back and go, okay, now I know what I got to go work on. You know, so it does play a big role in that. Yeah, massive. And, and that's, that's a great point for all amateurs as well to take home as well, because... When you are traveling and you're doing a show in the UK, in Spain, in France, in Italy, when the head judge is always moving around and always a little bit different, you know, like you say, you could bring your best look. Like, for example, you might have thought your best look was Italy. Yeah. Rewarded because totally. the head judge didn't overly like that look. Yeah. And this is it. So it's like, you, as hard as it is, it's very hard to kind of determine okay, what judge you're going to have, what look he prefers and everything else. So you just kind of come up with your best. But if you know a judge that prefers the more aesthetic look, the more thingy look, like, then guess what? You you play out to your strengths. You play to your strengths to that lineup, you know. And that's what we you know we we sort of lucky to now. Obviously, going to the Olympia, the Arnold, that Steve is head judging that show and everything else. And I know for what that the placing will be acceptably fair, no matter where I place in that show. And that one I know for a fact because I know every time I've ever been judged by Steve, wherever regardless where he puts me, I always step back and go, yeah, I see why, mm-hmm. you know. And for me, that for me is the best thing as athlete. That's the best result you could possibly get is to yeah. stand there and go, okay, even though you place me last. I could stand back and look and go, okay, yeah, I see why I'm last. Mm. 
it's the best feeling you can get because there's nothing worse than you going there going, why? And you leave there with questions, loads of questions going, you know, I don't know what, what, what you know, you don't get really get the answers you really need to hear. So it's, it really works out a lot when the judge actually tells you, this is why and you look at it and go, ah, okay, I see. 100%. Yeah, 100%. And we've touched on the, the Arnolds and we're going to touch on the Olympia in a bit. But in, in the age, Samson, I know you still have a very, very old school mentality to training. I train hard. I train heavy. We've seen now over the last sort of four or five years the uh, maybe evolution of, right, train like this and log like this and drink like this. And like people almost trying to fine tune every 1%. Is, is that something you've ever considered with your own training? Um, for me, for me in training, it's always been like, like you said, I've always been old school and I've always watched old school bodybuilders and the way they train, you know, from the 90s and everything else and everything like that. But I've always had this mentality, okay, if you want a big back, you watch a guy that has a big back train. If you want to build more muscle or you watch a guy with mass, you watch how he trains. If you want big legs, you watch a guy that has big legs, how he trains. So for me, it's always been like, you see, if you watch every single Mr. Olympia, you watch a video of them training. Do you see them grab a notebook and start writing down notes in the middle of a training session? So why do you feel that if someone at that level with, with all that experience and all that knowledge and everything else, they're there just smashing weights and going nuts and almost killing themselves to get in shape? Why do you think you can perfect that any more than they have when they've dedicated their life to it? So for me, I just feel like, you know what? I watch the people that have done what, I've, what I haven't done and I learn from them. So that's what I do. You know, I watch Ronnie train and every time I watch Ronnie train, I'm in awe. I'm like, holy shit. If I can do just a little bit of that, I'm, I'm good, you know? So, you know, he lifts heavy and he goes for as much reps as he can. And, you know, he looks freakish for that reason. So when your mentality comes in training, you go, hell, I'm just going to do what he does, you know? I'm going to try, try to do what he does, you know? So it's, that's how so much, I've always kind of simplified things like that. And I know people don't like that simplified answer because they always feel like, no, you got to have a, breakdown of exactly then but what i've also come to learn is when it comes to bodybuilding one plus one doesn't doesn't always give you two there's so many variables there's so many variables to why you could write it down and mark it out but it doesn't always equate to the same result it just doesn't the body doesn't work like that you know? 100%. and even going as simple as dieting we know if you put someone in a deficit they don't always lose weight Oh, yeah, and exactly, exactly, you know. But this is it. I mean, you can say, you know, I, I know there's another way. There's one of the guys I know, they'll, they'll put down the weights they lifted on one day. And then the following week, they'll come back and they'll look at the weights they lifted and they expect to lift a little bit heavier than that the next the time the next time coming. But I always say to them, you do realize, like, a lot goes into that play of what you're lifting on that day. One, mentality is not the same as the previous day when you lifted it, you went hard. If your mentality isn't there, guess what? You can try all you want, but you ain't lifting that same heavy as weight. Same time, the amount of water you drink, the amount of food you drink, the amount of things you did, the amount of sleep you had the night before, all this will come into play to get this specific result. So for you to expect that because you lift exactly that, you had a good day yesterday training, and now you're expected to have exactly the same scenario of a good day every single training session. Come on, it's not realistic. It's not realistic, but it doesn't work like that. So you can only adapt to what's in front of you. You know, yes, you have a single blueprint, but that is not fixed. You know, it's not fixed measurement. It's okay, a little bit above, a little bit below, but it's there's a blueprint there, but you have to be flexible in that mindset. You have to have a flexible mindset around it. Yeah, no, I I heard James say this a few times. He says, bodybuilding is simple, but it's hard to execute. 
exactly that. Exactly that. Exactly that. You know, it is simple in theory, but execution is a whole different world, you know. And this is this is what you know, I always advise guys that are coming up is learn as much as you can, but instead of trying to learn how someone else did it, try to find out your way of you doing it. Because it's always different for everybody. It's always different, but whatever works for the other person doesn't mean it's gonna work for you. 100 percent yeah, 100%. And, and I'm conscious of the time, so I just want to wrap up with oh. one more question. So, obviously, you've got your big invite to the Olympia, obviously, oh, after yeah. many, many years of trying. Going to the Olympia this year, 2022, one, what does it mean for you? And two, where do you see yourself and what are your ambitions for that show? Man, honestly, going to Olympia this year, after years of trying, it's it means the world. It genuinely means the world, you know to be competing with the best of the best. I mean, this is the last boss stop. It doesn't get much bigger than this. So that alone, it's already like a, a feeling of achievement and a feeling of triumph after years of shows and training and day after day. So that already is like, wow. But at the same time, obviously, you go in there with the idea of, I want to come in with my best. I want to see what my best can do and how much it will hold up. So this Arnold will be a very good guess in terms of where we stand and how much we need to improve by the Olympia. But I also know that whatever physique we bring to the Arnold this week, I mean, in a few weeks' time, it will be completely changed by the time it comes around to Olympia. That much I can guarantee you that. And if we can crack that, you know, I always start to be optimistic and say, okay, you know what, let's just see. Okay, if we can crack that top 10 at Olympia for our first Olympia, mm. I think that's a big achievement to stand back and say, okay, actually, you know what, you're a top 10 Olympia. You know, put your hold your head up high, and you know that's your first Olympia. You've done that, so for me, that will definitely be something I'll be working towards. Has has any UK Open bodybuilder ever done that? Um, yeah, I think I mean Nathan Spex. I think Nathan was eighth. Um, what? No, I don't think, think in his first Olympia though. I don't. Oh no, in his first one. Oh, damn. Uh, I, I got a feeling that he might have oh, done no. another one. and came back eleventh. Jane was thirteenth. Wasn't it 12th or 13th? Oh, wow. I, I, I might it? be wrong with Nathan. I know Nathan did get an eighth, didn't he? Yeah. Um, yeah, eventually, yeah. Oh, yeah. freaking no! That, that's that's that, that just gave me a new achievement, and that just gave me something <laughs> to fight for now. Definitely. Oh yeah, then that is definitely my goal to hit crack the top ten Olympia. The first UK to crack top ten Olympia, you know, in my first try. Yeah, that would definitely be like I'll hold my hands up to that and go, yeah, definitely go to achieve that one. Incredible. And Samson, if people want to get a hold of you for podcasts, for yeah. Views, how can they get a hold of you? Uh, obviously, reach me out on Instagram, Samson Dowder underscore Samson Dowder, you know, IAVB Pro. Uh, and yeah, man, just message DM me and I'm always replying. So, yeah, definitely. Samson, thank you ever so much for your time. I really appreciate uh, it. Thank you, man. Really appreciate having me on. Thanks very much. Take care. Yeah,